Ricky V. And today I'm bringing you episode number 13 of the Elite Fitness Podcast. And in this episode, I'm interviewing Steve Schmee. Steve is my co-host on the Evolutionary Radio Podcast. Evolutionary.org, guys. Go check it out. And uh, here's the interview. I can remember. I don't know if you remember the movie Braveheart. I know you don't watch. I remember, I remember Braveheart. I remember Braveheart. Yeah. I was a kid. I so watched I, I watched Braveheart on my VCR, like a little TV in a, in a spare living room, like a little TV. And I hook up my VCR to it and I play parts of Braveheart. And I'd sit there and lift weights as I'm watching Braveheart, like some of the, the, the scenes, you know, the, the dramatic scenes. And um, I get a nice pump. And, you know, the way I started learning about weight training was, you know, I'd go to the library and I'd check out books. Back then, you know, that's that's what I had access to. You didn't have today, you know, the forums and all this other stuff. So I had a lot of fun at the library. Good place to hang out with girls, too. I had a lot of fun at the library growing up. The library would only let you check out two books per, per topic, right? So I'd check out two weight training books, bring them home read them, take them back, check out two more books. And that's how I learned about weight training. I used to go to a little shitty gym in my town. I, let, I grew up in a little town. We didn't have many gyms. Um, I, I didn't even think we had a gym in the entire town at the time. Now there's a gym on every corner. There's like a Planet Fitness, there's LA Fitness. There's gyms everywhere in every town. But back then, the only place I could work out was a little like basketball uh, gym. You know, I had a basketball court. I had a little crappy gym with machines, some dumbbells and stuff. Then I started working out in my um, high school, weightlifting. We had this run-down, dusty weightlifting room, okay, that basically, you know, all the football players, you know, hung out and worked out at. So I'd go there. You know, uh, I started weight training in there. I was on the weightlifting team. And, uh, you know, I made varsity my first year. What, what would you say was your major drive and motivation for, uh, for training so hard and competing? I mean, we all have different reasons. Some people like yeah. to look good. Some people like the respect. Some people like competition and, and having to go through the physical training. is just a, 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 something you have to do to compete. I think that's from, people, I mean, what, what is your actual really core motivation? I think it was a couple of things. It was having an older sibling who was very much into sports. And that kind of made me think it was normal. To go. Some people enjoy the burn too, by the way. Some, like there's some guys that don't care about where their body develops. They don't, they just have to push themselves. Also, when I was a kid, I go watch some of my uncles, you know, um, they were on like minor league hockey teams and, and stuff like that. So and I have other relatives, they played like tournaments uh, for tennis and, and for other sports like that. So I'd go there and watch the tournaments. So that kind of got me into the competition. And I love sports growing up. I love watching sports. So to me, it was normal to watch sports, play sports. And in weightlifting, I think when you're um, a, a shorter guy, I'm only like five, six. So when you're a shorter guy, nice thing about weightlifting, it's an even playing field because it's by weight class. So it's like wrestling, same thing. You know, you're you're by you don't have to worry about like I couldn't go and play basketball. I couldn't do well at football because of my size, you know, and uh so I couldn't get any playing time. I went to a very athletic high school, very, very athletic, where very large school, and we had a lot of athletes, man. We had athletes make it into professional sports. Um and so it was very, very hard. If I went out to play soccer, it was very hard for me to get playing time. If I went out for football, very hard for me to get playing time. But weight training, you know, I was a natural at it. It was like, it don't matter your size. You know, weightlifting, anyone can do. It doesn't matter. So as long as you just go in there and you put in the hours in the gym, you're going you're gonna to do well at it. So I was able to make varsity, you know, my first year weightlifting. And then my second year, I was state state. Um, I went all the way to state. I was top 10 in my class at state. 
So I basically spent my entire summer break while everyone else was fucking around. I spent it in that fucking dusty ass weight room and I would drive there every morning and I would put in a, an hour, hour and a half lifting with some other football players. And most of the football team did not lift. Most of the football team was doing whatever. There was a few dedicated guys in there and I was in there too. And um, the, one of the coaches for football, he was also the weightlifting coach. So he, he taught me a lot. Um, I had the same thing that you had. You had a good coach as well in high school. So he kind of taught me the ropes and he was, um, he was a beast. So he kind of taught me uh, everything and got me into it. And I loved it because it was actually something I could compete in and push myself to do. And it was fun. And it gave me a lot of, gave me a lot of confidence and got me a lot of respect, you know? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you, um, what got you curious into, into steroids after so many years of natural training? What, like, do you remember the moment or, or the time or like, when it clicked in that you realized you were interested in these, in these performance enhancement drugs and, and began uh, researching. Yeah. I can remember sitting in a class in school and they were showing Rocky, the Rocky, uh, the fourth one. If you remember where he was fighting the Russian guy and they were Broncos. injecting, yeah. He, yeah, they were injecting him with steroids. Probably to probably to Right. Cause that's what they, uh, they did the, Russia. Well, they were injecting them um, with steroids. So it was in- I, I, I know it wasn't an oral, but I, I just turned the balls what came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the kids in the class blurted out, he's like, oh, he's cheating. He's using steroids. That's why he's such a good boxer. And I told him, I was like, no, dude, that's not, it's not about steroids. The guy is a great boxer from practice and his skills and his genetics. You can't just take steroids to become a great boxer. So I understood that at a very high fitness IQ from a young age. And, and other people didn't get it. So I had absolutely no reason to use steroids. I didn't even know that you could get steroids. I don't even think, I never saw steroids, man. I hung out with the football players. I hung out in the weight room. I never saw anybody messing around with steroids. I'm sure there were a few guys using them, but I did not see it. I'm sure today, you know, late teens, steroids in a typical suburban high school, you know, uh, I'm sure like your kids, you know, in high school, they're going to see steroid use. Um, kids nowadays have a lot more money. I mean, I was making five twenty an hour, a nickel above minimum wage. Now kids, you know, grandma and, and daddy and mommy give them money. So they have excess money uh, to go spend it on stuff like steroids. I didn't even think about using steroids at that age. So the first time I got exposed to steroids, I was in my late 20s. And I was, um, I was weight training and stuff. And a friend of mine brought up the idea about using steroids and he recommended a website. So I went on the website and I ordered them and uh, I did a lot of research on forums, posted a lot and I learned everything I could. That's how I am. I learned, want to learn everything I could about steroids before I touched them. And then once I, I learned enough you know, I kept on learning and, and started using them. And from there, I started helping people on the forums that had helped me paying back the favor. And uh, that's how I got involved in the forums. And that's why today I'm, you know, moderating all these forums and doing all these podcasts and writing all these articles and stuff. It's just from, that's how I started out. I just had to work my way up, man. It was never, there was never anything given to me at all. It was just completely uh, starting from scratch, but lot of information out there and uh, a lot of the people that helped me originally you know they they are just gone like no longer around huh yeah it's just uh that's the problem with this with fitness that's the problem with gyms is that people they don't stick around they quit you know a lot of quitters out there and they and that's fine not everybody a high turnover rate in this industry for sure yeah and it, but that's okay. You know, not everybody is made to weight train and everybody is uh, made to run steroids. A lot of people run steroids and they realize that, you know, steroids aren't the answer, that they're not helping them. So they run a few cycles and they're like, you know, I'm not getting where I need to go and they quit. And that's how, that's how it works. That's why gyms, it's such a cyclical business owning a gym. People sign up, then people quit. Then other people sign up and people quit. It's a constant turnover, you know? So, but I mean, 
I stuck with it, you know, because um, I think, like I said, just growing up, you remember, you remember any any guys that stood out to you from the forums back in the day that are are now gone? Maybe you could talk about maybe some something you learned from someone specifically that that just kind of fell yeah. fell by the wayside. I mean, um, I I didn't honestly learn much from them. A lot of them, um, a lot of them were just giving out like just cookie cutter information, just regurgitating information, and that's something that I tried not to do. On the forums, I tried to give people actual information based on science and based on my own experiences and anecdotal evidence of and uh, my clients, blood work, all that, all that stuff. Um, so you know, um, so I mean, I would say I, you know, that, I, I remember your your uh, I remember you from way back in the day from your, your the before you had a username that was similar to your name like you do now. And uh, I do remember you coming up as just uh, just another rep um, working under a bunch of different different dudes, and you stuck with it for going a decade now, man. Now you're now you're one of the one of the leading guys uh, in everything we do here with the content and all that. So yeah. definitely stuck I, yeah. with it, man. Part of the reason what's, I think, I what, think what's Nate, made you stick Nate. with it. So what's made you stick with it so long? But, because I mean, you realize you're not. You're not com- you're not competing anymore. You're not stepping on stage, but yet you're probably one of the most consistent guys I know when it comes to being up for the game, for for the training, for talking about this, for being about this lifestyle every single day. Well, I mean, it's about you know, it's two things. You know, um, I remember Nate from the forums. He's your old uh, buddy, and he uh, he always stressed karma. He's like, you help someone, they're gonna help you back. So kind of he taught me that. Like, so my my whole thing is I want to help people out there. I genuinely care about helping people. Uh, I have people ask me, you know, who are overweight. I have a different philosophy for overweight people. We had a podcast with me, you, Nelson and Dylan, and I wish I could have, you know, uh, been more vocal, but, you know, this blame the victim mentality that a bunch of, you know, guys who are lean, who are bodybuilders who've been doing it 30 years, it's not fair to just come out and say, you know, oh yeah, you're fat, it's your fault because it's not, you know, like a lot of us between the four of us, we all been doing this a long time and we all have, you know, we grew up in this culture. So for us, it's easy, but for other people who didn't grow up that way, they grew up with parents who fed them, you know, McDonald's every day and, you know, and who did not show them about exercise I grew up watching family members exercise three hours a day, like every single day in 95 degree heat. So, I mean, that installed a, a, a crazy mentality that I have today to about this stuff. But if you didn't grow up that way, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have that ability to just stick with it. Like you said, you're going to quit, you know, because you're going to realize, you know, what am I doing? Why am I wasting my time doing this when I'm not getting anywhere? So one of the things I like to do is help help people who have been shut out by society, whether it be on social media or by a personal trainer who's giving them shitty advice or whatever. That's that's what I enjoy doing. That's my that's the cream. There's a lot of that going on now. A lot of personal trainers with shitty, shitty advice. Yeah. My main clientele is not people who are getting ready for competitions. I've helped. Probably, probably like 15, 20% are competitors and my clients, but 75, 80% are just average people who come to me and I'm able to take them to a level they've never been able to go because I've been showing them strategies and some of those strategies I'm going to talk about on this podcast, but I put them in a situation where, look, I was the same way. I was the underdog. I was the guy who couldn't get any playing time when I played soccer. I couldn't get playing time because I didn't grow up playing soccer. I didn't have the skill set to play soccer. I was fast, but I never played soccer growing up. Like some of these other guys who've been playing soccer since six years old. I was a disadvantage football. I was small. I was a small guy. The coach wouldn't give me any playing time because I was a small guy. You know, I'm going up against guys who, you know, are getting scholarships at division one schools. You know, he's going to put me in in garbage time. He's going to put me in in like with a minute left in the game when we're up 50 to nothing. That's that's the playing time I got. So 
And I know, I know where these people are coming from. They're the same way with weight training. So I try you know, to, I, I want to throw something in just to, yeah. just to answer what you said. I, uh, I agree with, I agree with a lot of it with a lot of what you said. And, and you said, don't blame the victim mentality. I'll tell you what, when I get an individual in front of me, I'm, I'm, or on the phone, obviously, I'm, I'm very compassionate about each person's problems and, and what leads them to overeat and what leads them to, to just like that discipline to take care of their bodies and then they feel ashamed of themselves. I really try to work with the individual, but I got to tell you something, man. When we get on these podcasts, I try to be very non-forgiving, zero tolerance, because it's... Believe it or not, man, there's a good section of our guys out there that love hearing that shit. They love hearing from me, from us even, how you're not supposed to overeat, how you, these things are not acceptable, how we're not giving them an out of like, oh, your feelings, you weren't taught the right way, bad habits. No, we're kind of just saying like, fuck your bad habits, fuck all it is, just get it right. And there are some guys that that have commented me to have commented and said, Hey, I, I like, li I listen to this podcast over and over again because of what you're saying in there. It gets me pumped up to just get it done. So I guess people can be motivated different ways. Um, and I guess I put more, I put on more of a, of a body shaming act. It's just an act that we do here on the show. Uh, when we do when we're on our evolutionary podcast show, because uh, I think some people respond to that very, very well. But you don't you don't like to motivate people that way, right? You don't you're not uh, that kind of rah 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 kind of. I I think that um, see is the thing like with people. I believe in educating people first. You educate people first, and um, because here's the thing, like if you watch TV, right? I know you don't watch TV, but if you watch say sports, okay, you know like if you ever like watch sport, like watch tonight, watch the hockey game tonight, and you'll notice during the commercials. Every other commercial is food and it's nothing healthy, but they market it to people, to overweight people or people who, you know, are trying to get in better shape and they market it as healthy. And we all know that, like, I mean, I would hope people listening to this are smart enough to realize that, but, you know, there's no such thing as healthy restaurant food. There's no such thing as healthy fast food but they market it that way because that's where the money is in the food industry. There's no money advertising salad on TV. There's no money advertising a nice grass fed burger on TV with that's wrapped in lettuce. There's no money in advertising fruits on TV, you know? So that's all that's advertised. So how can we blame people for being fat when they're fed that eating subs is healthy or going to McDonald's and eating McDonald's food is healthy because you're, you're counting your calories. You're fitting those, your macros, it's this many calories and, and it's low fat or no fat. And all that is wrong. All that is wrong. Fat people should not be following a low fat or no fat diet. Fat people should not be eating any fast food that includes Subway, that includes McDonald's, that includes Chipotle, that includes all that shit. It's all refined oils. It's all garbage food. You know, you should be learning about proper nutrition. That's the number one thing you should. I, that's what I try to do is I educate people that these substances we're putting in our body don't belong in our body. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Once you educate them, then you can motivate them. But I think, um, I guess the part where I, I take a different approach is as far as, uh, education i think a lot of people kind of know what they're not supposed to be fucking eating and they just have a willpower issue to to be to think not I, mean, at all. I mean you you have not at all so you've you've never ran across someone that understands dude, but they just have dated, a willpower issue dude i've dated women okay women my age are all obsessed about keeping the pounds off you know how it goes right the i lighted a girl she would not eat anything unless it was no fat or low fat she would that, eat that, that's kind of stupid but because she, she thought fat made you fat. That's dumb. I dated another girl who did Weight Watchers. She was not even overweight, but she did Weight Watchers and she could not lose weight. She would drink so diet soda because diet soda has zero calories. And according to Weight Watchers, you can drink diet soda because it has zero calories and it won't affect your, your, your weight loss. So yes, it is, it is incorrect 
This you know, even even if talk. your body can't, even if your body can't uh, do anything with these artificial sweeteners, their guts, their bacteria in your gut that actually can do something with some of these artificial sweeteners, and it's it's not not bueno. It's not a good thing. Well, I mean, that's not so- something we're supposed to be consuming. We're supposed to be consuming good quality water. That's what we've been consuming since humans have been on the earth. Every wild animal on earth, every animal on earth drinks water. They don't drink diet soda. So to think that you can drink diet soda and reach your fitness goals makes absolutely no sense. But they don't understand that because if you turn on the TV, they advertise diet soda as zero calories. So people think, hmm, zero calories. Water is zero calories. Diet soda is zero calories. Hmm, I might as well drink the diet soda because I'm addicted to it. So it they don't know, bro. They don't know this stuff. So this is what I do on this podcast. And this is what I do on these podcasts and on the forums. I try to educate people that you should be consuming more healthy fats, not less. Because healthy fats are good for you and healthy fats blunt insulin. What do you, um, what would you say is uh, uh, something that guys on the forums are all kind of in agreement with, or they all push, let's say you could use that word, idea that they push, that you maybe are are standalone guy in disagreement with it? The whole... Uh, if it fits your macros or calories, counting your calories, eating in a deficit, all that stuff. Because here's the thing, here's the truth. Let's say you're eating 3000 calories a day. Okay. And then you drop your calories to 2,500 calories. Your calories out is also going to drop. You know what I'm saying? You don't just magically get to drop how much calories you're getting in your body and your body magically keeps burning the same amount of calories. So even though calories in calories out, is scientifically true that does make a difference people don't count how many calories are coming out of their body so if you eat less food eat less calories your body is going to burn less calories so you can't take a fat person and just tell them eat in a deficit every day and you're going to lose fat because what's going to happen is they're going to eat less food and initially they'll lose fat but then the body is going to react by also burning less calories so it's not just you know, you, that doesn't work. Maybe you, you, you need to, you need to weight train and, and also do cardio and then. Well, that's another, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. The whole. Cause that, 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 I know what you're saying about metabolism. No, no, no. Check this out. Less calories. There's yeah. actually, we're going to be doing on the evolutionary podcast about studies. And one of the studies I'm going to show you guys that listen to the podcast is that the whole eat less, move more thing that people always say on the forums as a solution to losing weight is, is wrong. Because if you weight train every day for an hour versus sitting on the couch watching TV, you burn just about the same amount of calories. Doesn't make a, it doesn't make a goddamn difference. You could sit on your ass and watch TV and burn almost the same amount of calories. You're still burning calories. But, 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 it, but then it, it, your, your rest and metabolism goes up for the rest of the day when you train versus not, right? No, according uh, to although, study, although otherwise they just it's very so then anybody that's the only thing would be, would be in shape if, no, if, if it's running. But Rick, Rick, the only the only the only thing that's been shown is that if you train like a madman, like if you go for fucking two hours and you go fucking sprinting and do high intensity training and do lots of fucking hot yoga and all this stuff, that's where you burn. The excess money. But just going and fucking weight training for 50 minutes, like most guys do, and, and doing the typical weight training session, that's not going to give you the right to go to fucking Chick-fil-A and have a fucking uh, garbage food. That's not going to give you the And then, not if you want abs, not if you want to, if you want to. But that's, 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 see, that's that. the mistake that, that, that guys think. I see so many people, they go work out. And then afterwards, they go fucking get fast food because they say, you know, what? I just worked out. I burned a thousand calories, so I'm gonna go eat a thousand calorie meal. So, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, you know, that's my maintenance. You but know, you're never gonna get anywhere doing that. You're just gonna spin your wheel. So, the proper thing to do would be to exercise. I'm not saying don't exercise, but I'm saying that you can absolutely eat a nutritious diet if you're an overweight person, and you can lose weight without exercising. That's you know, that I is just, a fact. I just realized something as we're here, here talking about this. It's something I've had in my mind, but I probably never made sense out of it until you just spoke about it. Me personally, I train cardio for cardio and for performance and for endurance and to actually not get tired and for the actual benefits of the cardio for when I spar, when I you know, when I wrestle my kids. I never do cardio for weight loss, particularly. 
I understand that doing cardio keeps my metabolism, my, my caloric burning up all day round the clock for, for having those sessions of cardio. But I never, you know what I focus on personally do diet when I, when I feel like I need, I want to lose weight where I'm getting a little chunky. I focus more on diet and cutting down. I don't, I just, my cardio is just my cardio for health benefits. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people go in, in there, get on the treadmill, thinking that they're in the treadmill at that moment, they're burning off some of the stuff they ate. And it's kind of not like that. You're, you're priming your body for your I've seen the same people yeah. every day. I walk in the weight rooms. I work out about this. You know, we all work out at the same time. I see the same fucking people on the treadmill or on the elliptical. And after like two years, they don't look any different. Oh, yeah, so, yes. I've seen so, many of guys that make heart absolutely health, no changes. But their heart health is good. It's good for doing that cardio. It's going to be better than sitting on the couch. Absolutely. But they're not going anywhere when it comes to weight loss because your body, the whole metabolism thing is another thing that's completely – people don't understand metabolism. Just because you're fat doesn't mean you have a slow metabolism. Just because you're skinny doesn't mean you have fast metabolism. Your metabolism changes constantly because that's the way – it's, it is on planet earth. Every animal metabolism changes those, those lions in Africa during the dry season, you think they keep their metabolism high? No, their metabolism slows down because there's food is scarce. Then during the rainy season, when food is more plentiful, their metabolism goes up. It's called survival. And our bodies are the same way. Your metabolism switching on and off. It's like a furnace. It's like your air conditioning at home. It's going to constantly go up and down um, every day. And this whole thing where I'm just going to eat in a deficit every day and lose weight, it just doesn't work for people. And it's been shown to be a failure for 99% of people who are trying to lose weight. Now, a lot of guys, you know, we had a conversation, me, you, Nelson, and Dylan. It works for us, okay? We can follow, you know, the maintenance diet and count our calories. It'll work on us because we're already lean, okay? We're already lean, so we can stay around the same weight, no problem. But for someone who's overweight, just sitting down and following, say, a 500 calorie a day diet, like this ACG diet. Remember the ACG diet that was so popular a few years ago? I know so many people who did it. Guess yeah, what? Yeah, the ACG they diet. Weigh more, trash, they yeah. weigh more after the ACG diet than they did before. You know why? Because they were eating 500 calories a day, but they're burning no fucking calories because they crashed their fucking, their, their metabolism crashed. So what happened was initially they lost some weight and then they gained it all back and some because they crashed your metabolism. Your body's not going to burn the same amount of calories. Think about it. If you're on a stuck on a deserted island for a, for a month and you don't have much food to eat, you think your body is going to still burn the same amount of calories? No, your body is going to burn barely any calories because it's trying to survive. You see what I'm saying? It's trying to survive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I do. Um, I do agree that there's too many people that get on the treadmill and they think about that cupcake they ate and how they're going to burn it off at the treadmill. It doesn't fucking work. No, out. no, it doesn't work so like that. Just, just, that don't, just don't have the fucking cupcake and go on the treadmill because you want your heart health, your want your body to be primed, to be able to perform, to yeah. be healthy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you spend on the treadmill. You eat that cupcake, doesn't it's going to get stored as fat because your insulin levels are going to go sky high more than they should ever go as a human being. Because refined sugars spike your insulin levels to a stratospheric levels, and it takes a long time to come back down. So as your insulin levels are sky high, your glucagon levels are down, your body's going to be storing fat. It's going to be storing fat, storing fat, storing fat, storing fat to be used at a later time. But because it never really needs to use that fat, you're never going to lose it back because you're never going to Plus, be in a, um, a famine when, when state unless you fast. Run. When Unless you, you fast. When, you, when you're in that run, your body is using the calories that are readily available, is using the calories that are in the liver, and it'll most likely start to eat away at muscle mass before it really gets to the fat, right? I mean, it's just um, yeah. The the, the treadmill is not not the place to work off the, the bad the bad eating habits, that's for sure. But I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. Cardio is very important. I do a lot of cardio to boost your heart health. You want to boost your heart, but do not use cardio to lose weight because it's not going to work. It's diet. Diet is how you lose weight, but you have to diet correctly. You can't just eat in the deficit and then your body is going to burn less calories in the process. So it's going to, you know, your body's, your body's in survival mode. That's how it works. Our bodies are trying to survive a, a 
a period of not enough food. So it's going to burn less. Can you imagine if we burn the same amount of calories every day? Can you imagine if our ancestors um, back in, um, you know, 100 BC, uh, they burn the same amount of calories every day. How did they survive viruses? How did they survive volcanoes? How did they survive? It's impossible to all these natural disasters where you can't, you may not be able to get food for a long time. You may have to go long distances for food. They, they, they would have went extinct. Every animal on earth is the same way. Every animal on earth burns different amount of calories, you know, every day. And that's how it is. So counting your calories is the wrong thing to do. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's the one thing on forums that guys don't get, but it's an easy answer. Oh, burn, um, uh, eat less and move more. It just doesn't work though, you know, to burn fat. So that's what I specialize in. I specialize in helping people lose weight and burn fat. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my main thing. That I what, what, what would you, I mean, uh, so when it counts up, if it fits your macros is something you're, you're fully against. And, and so am I, I, I think people should have a good wholesome diet with good, good whole organic foods. And, that's very important. It's not just if it fits your macros. What other mistakes or bad advice are you seeing out there on the forums? Something I really wanted to get you talking about in this interview today, because you are on the forums every day. You read everything that's said and comes across. And I, I'm just very curious. What else is do you hear the, these parrots you know, out there repeating that you know it's not true, that you completely disagree with? Uh, you know, I'd, Take advantage now and let us all know. I think it's, it's, it's most, I, I think nutrition is the number one thing that people just don't understand. And it boils down to simple, boils down to education. These people, you ask them, what was the last nutrition book you read? And they're like, oh, I never read a nutrition book. Yeah, they don't know because the information's there. If you just read, the information is there. We know the studies. Um, they actually study this stuff in Europe. Another thing, another big mistake, I think, and this is us, this is, again, it's us in this industry. People don't understand the genetic aspect to this. They actually did a study in Europe. They took twins that were adopted, skinny twins adopted to fat families, fat twins adopted to skinny families, right? Where their genetics were the opposite. Those skinny twins that went to different places, right? They were skinny as adults. Those fat twins that went to two different places, one went to a fat family, one from the skinny family, they stayed fat. So there is a huge genetic element to, to your body, your body structure. And again, we don't, a lot of these guys don't get it because they're meatheads. They have tremendous genetics. Those are the guys who I was like on the bench and watching because they had great genetics. They were on the football field. They were on basketball. They were always getting picked first. They have fantastic genetics. A lot of you guys listening know exactly who you are. <clears throat> but, you know, at the end of the day, you're putting down people who have bad genetics when you have tremendous genetics. And you think that your way of weight training and your way of dieting is going to work on them. And you're advising them to follow what you're doing but you don't understand that because you have such good genetics. You think that it's so fucking easy that people can just do what you do. And if you go to a gym and you watch a big meathead personal trainer training a fat person and guess what they're doing, right? They're on the ab machine doing abs, doing crunches on the ab machine and the fucking fat person has a big gut and they're doing abs because the personal trainer thinks that if he just puts the fat person on, on the ab machine, they're going to, they're going to, work their abs where they're going to get skinny like him and, and have a six pack. It doesn't work like that because he doesn't, he just doesn't get it. So I think that's my advantage over some of these other guys is I don't have that great jock genetics. I was never the kid first picked, you know, in school, I was a little skinny fast kid. That's it. You know? So I think that's what gives me an advantage when it comes to training these other guys. And that's why you see in the NFL, most head coaches, never played professional sports. And a lot of them, they not even played college sports, but they're still coaching because some people are great at coaching and some people are great at playing. The players don't coach themselves. 
if if a player coached themselves, it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. So that's what I think that's the other big misconception that people have. And I think you have it too. Sometimes I feel like you have that misconception too, when you're, uh, when you're, you know, and, and I have it too, because my genetics are, are good. I mean, I have good genetics. I don't have great genetics. I'm not a Mr. Olympia or anything, but I have, I have good genetics. But the thing is, I, understand. there's always someone with worse genetics. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you went out for the basketball team, you wouldn't have made the basketball team because of your height. I wouldn't have been able to make a basketball team because of my height. So, I mean, we get that because we excelled at weight training. We excelled at wrestling. We excelled at those types of things where you didn't have to be six foot tall and you could weigh anything and being a lower weight is an advantage, but like the guys who didn't have that problem, the, who are six foot two and, you know, 220 pounds, they don't get, they don't get our situation. I don't, I don't know, man, maybe just the, the high school I went to, but I saw a lot of big guys that couldn't, couldn't run with the rock for shit to a lot of tall guys that couldn't, that couldn't run shooting steel. Uh, and I've seen a lot of smaller guys that, could run with the rock that could shoot and um and and got got those positions um but you're absolutely right two players with the same ability let's say basketball one of them is you know 10 inches 12 inches taller than the other one same athletic ability of course the taller guy has advantage same thing with a football players you know even if two players are around the same uh, uh, height and and run just as fast. If one guy's heavier than the other by, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds at the same speed, now you've got, now you've got a, a freight train and, it's, and that guy has an advantage, but we still get a lot of small players, man, uh, um, everywhere, even professional, profe there's been a couple of uh, professional basketball players that are below six foot tall. Uh, I think. Yeah, but, but my point is, you asked me, you know, what people on forums are doing wrong, and that's yeah, yeah, the main yeah. thing. They gotcha. don't grasp that their gotcha. genetics are so good that they're trying to help someone out. And that's why people quit. That's why people quit the forums. That's why people quit gyms, because nobody's helping them. Nobody's guiding Genetic them. freaks. A lot of genetic freaks out there get away with, with, with murder, and they look great. At, at Dude, I one of the guys that I play football with, he ended up going to the NFL. He ended up getting drafted. He never once showed up in the weight room that entire summer where I was in there an hour a day, like clockwork. Every day at 10 o'clock, I would be there before work. That was that I would do that, and I'd go to work at 12 o'clock. Every day I went in there, I never once saw him. He ended up winning. He ended up getting top three at weightlifting state and ended up going to the NFL for football. He never spent one freaking minute in the weight room the entire summer. He never fucking weight trained. So yes, there is a genetic element, but like I said, even guys on the forum who have above average genetics don't grasp that. And they think that they can just have some overweight person with 30% body fat, who's never weight trained in their life and just have them follow what they're doing. And that person will turn into them. And it doesn't work like that. That's so that is the main problem. It's not just on forums. It's in, it's in gyms. It's with personal trainers. It's with everything. So I have that unique ability to coach people at any level and help them achieve their fitness goals. That's, that's where what, I have. What are some, um, I'm getting, just getting a, away from diet just a little bit. What are some of the mistakes you see guys making and, and parroting, obviously bad advice being parroted out there on these forums about steroids, compounds and steroid use compound use for either bulking or cutting, because I see a lot of bullshit out there both ways. What, what do you... Uh... I think the, the main problem that we're seeing the past few years is these guys who are on TRT. These guys are on TRT because they fucked up, right? And a couple of them I'm friends with, and they admit, yeah, I fucked up, you know? But a lot of them, they're on TRT like at 35 years old. So because they didn't run their steroid cycles correctly, they ran the wrong stacks, they ran their steroid cycles too long, and they're giving these guys who are in their 20s steroid advice and fucking them up just like they fucked themselves up. So my mentality is, look, if you're on TRT, who the fuck are you to give some guy in their 20s advice on how to run a PCT and how to run a cycle properly when you fucked yourself up? That's my that's the main problem I see, because 
you don't have to ever worry about your reproductive system. You don't have to worry about what your LH is, your FSH is, your testosterone levels, because you're on TRT the rest of your life. So you don't, how do you, hell do you know how to read blood work? You, you don't, you don't cycle on and off. You know, I cycle on and off. I run one or two cycles a year. I run my blood work. I come off. I recover properly. I've done that from the start. And back when I got into the, got into the forums, that's what people do, did. Nowadays, everybody's going on TRT because nobody wants to cycle off properly. So I, that's the main mistake I see. But these guys, you know, they're, they're, again, they're giving advice based on their own experiences, not based on what's best for that particular person. And what works for them when it comes to cycling will not work on other people. It's just going to fuck them up the way, the way, same way they got fucked up. So that's, that's to me, the main problem. That's interesting. That's a very interesting observation. Um, I do see a lot of, a uh, lot of bad advice out there. I'm glad you're on the forums to, to help out uh, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's the people know. giving advice. I mean, God bless them. They're trying to help. But how, how the hell do you know about where someone's testosterone levels need to be after a cycle or where their LH needs to be or the FSH? When you've been on TRT for the past 20 years, who the fuck are you to give advice? You know, and who the fuck are you to give advice and say, oh, this, this steroid does this, this steroid does that. We never even use the steroid. See, that's the thing. I'm different than these guys. I've run everything you could possibly run. I've run things from Trembolone to DMP to Superdrol, all this to Clembutrol to Albutrol. I ran them because I was asked to write articles on these compounds and I'm not going to write article on something or give advice on something that I don't know nothing about. And if I don't, if I never ran something, I'll tell people on the forum straight up, Hey, I never ran this before, you know, but this is based on what happened with my clients or this is what happened with some, you know, other people on forums, you know, I'll, I'll tell them that. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, trend is not good for you. EQ does this to your heart health." Blah blah blah. It's like, dude, have you ever run trend or EQ? I'm like, oh no, I, I'm not. I never ran them. Then who the fuck are you to give advice on it? Like, if you never fucking ran and ran blood work, how the fuck do you know what it does to you? That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that's that's the main problem too. Is guys, you've never ran the fucking compound, you shouldn't be giving advice. I'd be me giving advice about cocaine. I never ran, I never fucking took cocaine. I never took heroin. How the fuck am I going to give advice on heroin? You know, it took me about seven years to get through most of the popular steroids out there and tried them all at the first start. And it's taking me the, another, I don't know, 14 years now to try everything else that's out there. It takes a long time. If you really want to do it right and know what the fuck you're talking about, you got to run these compounds by one by one for short periods of time. And then you stack them and then you journal. And it's, uh, yeah, gaining the experience of a level at least you and I are at. We can talk about these compounds the way we do. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money buying these fucking things, using these things, uh, reporting our results, logging it on the forums, all of this stuff. And yeah, man, uh, um, Probably the, only compounds, don't even have it. The, only, the only compounds off the top of my head, I've never used YK11, which is sold as a SARM. I've never used that. And I tell people I've never used it, but I can tell you, you know, a little bit about it, how to dose it and stuff based on what other people have ran, but I'm not an expert on it. I don't consider myself an expert because I've never ran it before. And then meant Trestolone. I've never run Trestolone. That's, those are the two compounds like, I've ran and those are really rare compounds anyway that people don't run. But for me to sit here and say I'm an expert on trend, if I've never ran trend, that's fucking ridiculous. I've ran trend like eight times, like, I don't know, like six or seven times, probably trend, trend cycles. So yeah, I consider myself very knowledgeable on trend, you know, but if I've never ran trend before, who the fuck am I to say that trend does this or trend does that if I've never ran it? that's that doesn't make any sense to me not with steroids you know and it's not like coaching a football team if you've never actually played professional football and you coach a football team that's coaching i'm talking about using using steroids and coaching football are not the same thing so you can't use that advantage and call me a hypocrite because it's not the same thing at all you have to know what these compounds do to your body and what to do to your blood work to give an accurate assessment of them. Yeah, you can't you can't just be an armchair uh, 
chemist. <laughs> like you really have to have tried all this stuff, give it a shot, know what you're doing, know what you're doing with it. That is that is for sure, man. So here's another question I have for you, because I know you've been around the game a long time. Like I said, I still think I still remember your, your first username out there. It's almost 15 years ago. Um, what do you think about the progression that we've seen as far as new drugs coming out, newer and better drugs that continue coming out? What have you, what have you noticed? What is your feeling on it? Because we, when we started, pro hormones were still legal. Um, then SARMs started to come around. Then new peptides came out. And then they got rid of some pro hormones, which now are, are available in the black market. Then more SARMs came out. I mean, you've seen all of the transition of what, what, how every couple of years there's just newer stuff available. Give me your opinion on that a little bit. And also tell me, where do you see this going as far as? It's, yeah, it's mostly full circle on this. We see some grifters out there. And if I interviewed on my prior podcast who are like, oh, there's this new thing coming out. It's going to revolutionize things. We're coming up with this, blah, blah, blah. We're doing ex formulas, blah, blah, blah. It's all grifting, you know? At the end of the day, you know, these compounds are out there. You had the whole Balco thing where they came up with, you know, made all in these, these hormones, okay, that could evade being detected, you know, they got busted in the end. So that's not going to work. So what else is there to figure out? Like, I think by now we figured out everything we have to figure out. So that's like a question, like you have to ask someone who's like thinking like way down the line, but I don't think. In you you think my statin inhibitors will, will be uh, a thing within our lifetime, like something really good and reliable that could replace everything within our lifetime or not? I, th I think at the end of the day, um, we're so lagged when it comes to medical. I mean, we still haven't found out a cure for cancer. We still haven't found out a cure, you know, for a lot of these viruses out there and these bacteria keep outsmarting us. Like, you know, all these antibiotics, a lot of them are, are obsolete. They don't work anymore on people. So I think that nature is always one step ahead of us. And it's, it's very hard for us to, to catch up to nature. And with myostatin inhibitors, the problem with them is if you take one, you know, what's it going to, how, how does it specifically know to grow a specific muscle? You know, what if it grows your brain? What if it grows your heart? What if it grows your butt? What if it grows something you don't want to be grown? You know, how does it prevent that? There's so, still, uh, they're still testing some of this on, on some animals. And so, I mean, that, I think nature has ways to kind of punish us. So I don't think myostatin inhibitors, it's not something I'd ever, ever mess with at all. I don't think it's, it's, I don't think that, um, I think it's going to punish you if you take something like that. It's going to grow something you don't want grown. I've seen studies where they studied it on females and the females actually grew their thighs, <laughs> you know, it was, um, you know, it's not going to do what you want to do. So I, I don't, I don't know, man, that's, that's a tough question. I had this debate with my old podcast co-host years ago and he uh he was talking about how things are going to change in 10 years blah, blah blah or five years how things are going to be so different and five years went by and nothing's changed if anything we've been regressing well he's uh he's make, he's making injectable SARMs now isn't he yeah i mean that's that's the thing like they're coming up with all these different have, you, have you heard anyone using injectable SARMs and how how do they work out for them um, no, I have not. I have not heard that. But we have some people post on forums that it hasn't gone well. So it has not gone well. No, no. Most, I mean, most of the SARMs out there is crap. Is crap. Is fake. So yes. that's how we would explain it. Yeah. That is true. A lot of um, a lot of stuff out there is is being dropped out for pro hormones or really cheap uh, uh, steroids and things like that. It's it's. Um, I mean. There's no more S4 in the market, right? All of the raw material to make S4 dried up, as far as I, I understand. Yeah, you have to talk to some of the other SARMs guys on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, what do you think has changed as far as um, when you first got on the scene and you were out there looking for a source, buying steroids, buying juice, versus how it is today? What, what have you seen to be the major changes in the steroid market? Because of the form because of we have so many steroid forms now and we saw a big growth 
of underground labs. Like every other person seems like they were making steroids out of their toilet at home. So we saw this huge increase in underground labs. And that basically drove the price of steroids down. So the price of steroids now are ridiculously low, way, way lower than they should be. And a lot of that has to do with obviously, you know, the strength of the dollar versus other currencies and, and just the cost of living in the United States has gone up. So like for an American to buy like a vial of gear, it's like chump change. It's like the price less than the price to wash your car. So anybody now can buy steroids. When I first bought steroids, I had to order it from Europe overseas and I had to pay a lot of money. I mean, it costs you a thousand bucks for a cycle if you count the cycle and shipping and stuff. Now it's so much cheaper. It's like a third of that. So the price has definitely come down and availability has gone way up. A lot of people wanted to get into industry. So, and a lot of big part too is the government over the past decade has not been going after these sources. So they've been kind of letting them run, run rampant. And, uh, and so, some of these guys have gotten slammed down pretty if, hard. If you notice the people who gotten slammed, okay, like Boston Lloyd, his buddy got slammed is because his buddy copied the name of an actual pharmaceutical company and dipped his hands in their pocket. So if you dip in someone else's pocket, who's a big fish, a big whale, then you're going to get your hand snapped off. But if you're an underground lab and you don't fuck with other people's money, they're not going to mess with you. They don't have you know time to mess with you. So a lot of that caused them to, to go. But what ended up driving these people out of business was their gear was so shitty that guys started posting, hey, I got a big fucking red well. I got an infection from your gear, whatever. So they started getting sloppy. And that kind of drove those people out of business because they lost all their customers. So once you get bad reviews on your on your crappy gear, then you're done. The forums done for. don't, yeah, the forums do not forgive. Like you're not going to be Bitcoin, able to do, do you think Bitcoin has made it easier or better to buy steroids than before? Because before we used to have to go to Western Union. Then there was there was e-gold after that, but you had to still go to Western Union for e-gold. Yeah. I mean, what have you do you think Bitcoin has made a big change? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot easier. The problem with MoneyGram and Western Union is it's a big hassle, like you said. Big hassle. And you got to deal with those employees and they they feel like they're entitled, like you're wasting their time, like they're doing you a favor, even though you're the customer. So yeah, Bitcoin has made it a lot easier. Yep. Is anybody, do you know of anybody or how guys that are buying Jews with Bitcoin, maybe even on the source side, are dealing with the fact that the the ledger, the Bitcoin ledger, uh, holds a record of pretty much every transaction you've ever made. And um, I mean, a guy's caring about it, tossing the wallets out after one or two transactions. Do you have any idea how they're how they're managing that? Who the sources? Everybody, I guess. Because I mean, look, you know the way Bitcoin works. Everybody's got a, a ledger they download, and the ledger tells you every account Bitcoin, every account in. Bitcoin world and where everything's been transferred is how I think the main blockchain works. is your tax situation. They would have There's, to actually find find some find someone's uh, account and, and the movements and all that, right? I guess. Well, if I'm a source and I'm bringing in all this Bitcoin, it's all coming to me, right? That's going to show up on my. It's it's gonna they're gonna send me a 1099, and where'd you get that money from? Where'd you get all these Bitcoins coming to you? I think that would be the, the main concern. But if you're just a customer, you know. Just you know, funding, funding your wallet to, to buy your stuff, probably not, nothing to worry about, huh? No. Mm -mm. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. A lot of people don't understand that when you use Bitcoin, um, as long as nobody can attach your name to that account number, to that wallet number, you're kind of fine. But if they can, then to see the history of movement of that wallet for the history of, of that wallet. It's incredibly easy. Anybody can, can take a look at it. You yeah. Know, that, a, lot that guys, true. A, a lot of guys don't get that. So um, I guess Steve, uh, you know, to, to close up the, the interview today, man, is really appreciated. Good. I, I just, I want to know what, what other tips, tricks, things that you, Maybe we, we'd never get around to talking about on, on our evolutionary podcast, or maybe you haven't had a chance to talk about on the forums recently, or maybe you have and you want to go over it again, but give us some good information for guys out there for the lifestyle, for, um, you know, for what we do. Give us a couple of tips, uh, some info yeah. everybody should be thinking so, about. So one of the simplest things you can do 
is eat single ingredient whole foods. Because if you eat something with a lot of ingredients, that's a problem with restaurant food, that's a problem with fast food. Everything has so many different ingredients. That's a problem with things out of boxes. That's a problem with things out of packages. Your body has to process whatever you put in it. So if you're putting something that had like cereal, for example, you look at the ingredient list of cereal, there's like 30 things in cereal. You put that in your body, your body has to absorb that and process that. Your body has to shoot out all these enzymes to help you digest that, right? That's a lot of work on your body. It's a lot of stress on your body. But if you eat, say, a piece of fruit or a grass-fed beef that's very, you know, um, like cooked medium or medium rare or, uh, you know, some vegetables or something like that, single ingredient foods, your body will spit out the enzymes much easier because it only has to spit out that for that one ingredient. So that's way less stress in your body that your body has a process. So the most easiest things for your body to process and digest are watery foods, watery parts of the animal, the organs of the animal, the fats of the animal, watery fruits, watery vegetables. Try to stick to that for your diet if you're trying to repair your gut, especially. But if you're not, you should stick to that kind of diet for at least a portion of time during the year to give your body a chance. And then fasting, very, very important. Everybody should be fasting. Big Rami just won Mr. Olympia. He fasted for one month from sunrise to sunset. He fasted. Um, and it was about, I think 11 or 12 hours every day he would fast plus the time he'd sleep. So if he's sleeping eight hours and fasting, for 11, he's fasting 19, air, 19 or 20 hours out a day and eating in a, in a two hour window in the morning, two hour window after sunset. So um, we're seeing that um, a trend taken off. And, you know, fasting is very important to balance your hormones, balance your, your insulin, your glucagon, to help with your gut, to, you know, cleanse out your body, to detox your body, to de-stress your body and all that stuff. Um, so look into fasting Look into, um, hit me up on the forums. I'll send you a free copy of my ebook on fasting. There's also some really good fasting books. Dr. Jason Fung has some good fasting books as well. So really get into fasting. If you can, if you can add fasting to your weaponry in, in any type of fitness, whether you're a bodybuilder, cardio, whatever, it's gonna, it's gonna get you to, to another level. It's, it's required, it's mandatory for you to fast guys. It's, it's, it's very, very important. We've been fasting every animal on earth fast, every organism on earth fast. It's great for autophagy, for regenerating cells. It's great across the board. So if you can add fasting to your protocol, you will take things to another level, no matter what your goals are, because with fasting, it's not like anything else. When you fast, you burn fat and you keep your muscle at the same time because your growth hormone goes up, your adrenaline goes up. So you're able to hold on your muscle and burn fat at the same time. It's a huge, huge weapon to do. So yeah, and then, yeah, what you put on your body, guys, is so important. It's so important. What you put in your body, types of food, the amount, when you eat, food, food timing is important. Try to eat a big meal and go run a five-mile five run and see how that goes for you. It's not going to end well for you. So. All that is very, very important. Cool. That's awesome. Very, very good advice. So guys out there, um, Steve, tell people how they can get in touch with you. If they have any questions, they want uh, yeah. private uh, help. How can people get in touch with you? So you can go on elitefitness.com. Very, very easy. Steve SMI is my handle on there. I'm the head moderator of the forum. Um, I respond to every thread. So just go into any thread and you'll find me. And then just shoot me a private message. If you, if you need my help guys, um, I'll help you with, uh, with any of your fitness goals. I have consultations. I charge a fee for, if you are uh, financially strapped, I'll be more than healthy, happy to help you completely free. Um, you know, it's not something, uh, I, you know, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this to help people. So that is really something I enjoy doing. Someone out there who's listening, if you're obese, if you're, you've been, you know, tried coaches, you try personal trainers, you still can't get to your goals, but you're financially strapped. 
you can't afford it, hit me up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to help you and we're going to get you, we're going to get you to where you need to go. I'll promise you that. So, so hit me up. Those are the people I specialize in. So I don't care, you know, if you can't afford to pay me, then you don't have to pay me. I, I'm not doing this for money. So hit me up guys. We'll do it. Well, there you have it, guys. That is the interview with Steve Smee. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.